Thank you very much. Um, I don't know why it's always, Russell feels the same way, it's more intimidating here in church than it is in prison or even at work where I'm training a bunch of people. It's, it's not you, it's, you know that old thing, it's not you, it's me. Okay, so it's not you, don't feel bad, it's me. Let me go down here and get my stuff. Uh, I want to have another prayer for the Johnson family and for this message. Um, I've talked to him a couple times in the last couple of days and uh, his brother seems perfectly well. And we know that what we see is not always exactly true, but for now it is. So we're going to pray for a great vacation for them and then a miracle. So Lord, we pray for the Johnson family. Just you and it's enough, Lord, and we'll just leave it there. I pray for this message that it's blessed by you, the words that come out, and that it's received as intended. In Jesus' name, amen. And that's a prayer for me all the time. I got to pray that when I'm talking to my wife these days. It's received as intended because that's me, right? Okay. Those of you who are used to listening to Pastor Stan preach, he takes a truth, he opens it up, right? We discuss it through to the end, and you understand. That's nice for you. Right? That's not going to happen right here. Okay? We're going to take a little bumpier ride, but we're going to be in the same car when we get to the end. Because every word I, I say is intended to honor his teachings. If it sounds any different, it's not. It's just a little bit more coarse coming from me. Can we shut that man off? He's bugging me. I'm sorry to do that, but I'm looking at myself. And it's not pretty. I, didn't, I wasn't able to turn it off. I was not able to turn it off, so I'm just going to live, live with it. He's an ugly looking guy. Okay. Let's start. Everything we've been hearing lately has been confusion, opinion, right? And I think this and I think that. And the next month, it's different. Okay? So we're going to start today with truth. Hallelujah. Christ is risen from the grave. Right? And all through eternity, that song's going to be the same. The stuff you're hearing today won't be the same tomorrow. Won't be the same next week. Right? Let's talk about truth. When you're right, it means you simply believe what's true. I believe my wife loves me. When you're wrong, it means you believe what isn't true. She loves me for my money. The truth is always the truth, whether you believe it or not. My wife loves me. That's the truth. Sometimes the truth is just that clear. You hear something said, love you, honey. And you look around at the evidence provided, your smile and face, the way I'm taken care of. And what is said and what is seen matches up and you believe, right? But, and here we are now in the world, is the evidence that made you believe the same evidence others are using to make the same decision? That's what you really got. A family outsider, somebody outside my family might hear us disagreeing one day at the park. Not that we've done that, but it might happen. Or maybe see us in our worst day and believe she doesn't love me at all. So in, our, in most instances, we are not using the same evidence because we all live different lives, different experiences. We have different vantage points. The Bible took four gospels to tell us about Jesus because every one was a different vantage point to show you more and more about one person. It's good enough for the Bible. It's good enough for us. Right? Most importantly, we have different fears. As you see me turning these pages, understand that I don't have very good view and the words are real big. So (laughs) this is the way I do it. I'm scared to death of saying the wrong thing. So I script everything. Okay. Because I'm not as free as pastor that he knows he's not going to say something. I can let something slip when I get excited. It's not going to happen here. Thank you. What scares me doesn't necessarily scare you. That might not scare some of you, but it scares me. Listen to this. 
A woman recently maced a guy in the face at a dog park because he wasn't wearing a face mask. As silly and as overreacting as that sounds at face value, what if I told you she just lost her husband to COVID and the guy in the park was coughing loudly and belittling the reality of COVID? What do you think? Does that make her right? Anyone? Whether she was right or wrong in your eyes and his eyes matters very little to that devastated widow who knows that in her life, coronavirus is deadly. No matter what you think. No matter if it doesn't affect you. I personally have not been affected negatively at all by the pandemic. I got to stay home a lot, but my house looks really good for it. It seems overblown to me, a mere nuisance that I have to deal with mainly at work. But if I think for a minute that I'm free to view this pandemic or any other world event through such a small looking glass as what I think, how it affects me and mine, and not my neighbors, not the world, then someone needs to Romans 12 me and say through the grace given to them, And to everyone who's among us, not to think of ourselves more highly than we ought to think, but to think soberly as God has dealt each one of us a measure of faith. So when that person next to us disagrees with our opinion of the situation, severity of the pandemic, racial issues surrounding us, just remember, and I'm going to Romans 12 you again, let our love be without hypocrisy, abhor what is evil, cling to what is good. Be kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly love and honor, giving preference to one another, not lagging in diligence, but fervent in spirit, serving the Lord, rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, continuing steadfastly in prayer, distributing the needs of the saints given. You'd think somebody who wrote this knew what we need, right? This is, change any channel. This is exactly what we need. Be affectionate to one another. Give preference to one another. Be patient in tribulation. Continue in prayer. I mean, that's what the Bible's about. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. They don't understand. They don't agree. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Be happy with me that I have not been affected by COVID. But be ready to weep with those who weep. Not to convince them that it's no big deal. Be of the same mind towards one another. Do not set your mind on high things, but associate with the humble. Talk to anything about anybody, but keep your opinion. Do not be wise in your own opinion. And I stopped there for a half hour last night. Or actually, it was about three, three nights ago. Do not be wise in your own opinion. That's the word for us today coming out of the Bible. Everything we hear right now is opinion. Just a, hallelujah, Christ has risen from the grave. Okay, we had to get a little truth in here because we're still talking opinion. I'm not going to give any opinions here because mine are as junky as anybody else's. I don't know what I'm talking about unless I'm talking about the word. And you're going to hear a lot of Bible here because that's what's going to change us. Nothing else. The truth is probably that some people are way overreacting. Some people are way underreacting. And you know what? I said, you know what? Thank you. (laughs) These two groups are the loudest of any groups. It is the same with every subject. The extreme opinions on either side are the loudest and usually heard the most. And that's what you take as truth. What do we believe? What are we to believe? What are we to believe? Should I believe One American News or Fox News that say the Democrats are coming, the Democrats are coming, and that President Trump is our savior from the impending doom of the pandemic, or any other president leading us astray, or of stopping these continued mass riotings? What are we to believe? Should I believe CNN or MSNBC when they tell me that the Republicans and Trump are to blame for all this? The current pandemic was handled wrong. Republicans all think black lives don't matter. Any Democratic president will, collect, will, will correct all these grave missteps that this current administration is taking. 
What am I to believe? I think I've got it. In this new world, tell me what you want to believe, and I'll tell you what channel to watch to confirm your beliefs. Right? Inform me to what you want to be true, and I'll petition it right into existence. 150,000 signatures makes it true in this world. What are we to believe? Wait a minute now. Let's take it down a notch and let's take it to the individual level where these changes must start. Nobody's changing this world in a group. What am I to believe? That this is a bad country? That we have a system that oppresses anyone who doesn't come from here or look like us? Are we to believe that we need wholesale change of all our beliefs in order for everyone to be treated equally? Well, I don't think that's true. But if I cannot at least consider it, then I can't love my neighbor like God wants me to. I gotta think if it's true or not. Look, we know in our past there's plenty of atrocities of racism, other atrocities. America cannot deny it, and I'm not even gonna start. America is not alone at this, but let's just work on us. Okay, don't point that, let's just work on us. I just spit, (laughs) that's not good. Okay, although there is and has been a problem, nobody's denying it. I don't think it's the system. You guys stop laughing over there. I don't think it's the system. It's not the ideas that our country was founded on the problem because I've looked into them and I'm gonna share these findings. These truths are not hard to find on paper, but they're sometimes very hard to recognize in our society or even in right now in the turmoil we're in. The first thing I found is liberty, liberty enlightening the world. Who knows what that is? Liberty enlightening the world. That's the real name of the Statue of Liberty, by the way. In case you didn't know, she's a piece of our history. Keep ancient lands, your storied pomp, she cries she with lips. Give me your tired, your poor, your huddled masses yearning to breathe free. The wretched refuse of your teeming shore. Send these, the homeless tempest tossed to me. I lift my lamp behind the hill of gore, the golden door, excuse me. That sounds beautiful, inclusive, compassionate. I believe in it. The next thing I found has been hiding in our country's Declaration of Independence. America's forefathers said this. Now right here I had a pretty good joke about the four mothers, but it was just too obvious. So I'm, I'm just, let's just go. So the forefathers said this. We hold these, evident, these truths to be self-evident. That all men are created equal. That all men are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights. Among these rights are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And these were self-evident, meaning obvious, meaning not ours to choose. So when I look at this, the Statue of Liberty and the Declaration of Independence, they got our answers. Our country isn't the problem. Our systems are not the problem. Human beings are the problem. I'm the problem. I'm not going to point at you, but you know you're in that group, you know, human being you. It's always the problem, human beings. If you're a Fast and Furious fan, it's Toretto, Brian. It's always been Toretto. <laughs> Jeremiah 17.9 says, The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? That's where the trouble lies in the heart. It's the heart, Brian. It's always been the heart. That's another Fast and Furious joke. If you don't get that, that was slow and annoying is what that one was. Okay, the heart. The systems of our country do not need to be rewritten. They don't need to be changed. They need to be reread by all of us and applied to our lives. They don't need to be changed. They need to be followed to the best of our ability. But like every system, every process, we must insert human beings, flawed, selfish, ignorant human beings, I'm not, I'm sorry, that, that slant every thought to it they believe. 
what they believe it means to them, to us. Not really what it means as written. We don't do it to be selfish, but it is selfish. It's human nature. On a side note, what if you had to spend a year making every decision you make with the other person's best interest in mind? You can't think of yourself, not what you need, just what they want, whatever the situation. If you did it right for the whole year, you'd probably never get in an argument. You wouldn't get a lot of what you want, but at the end of the year, I wonder, would you be happier? I don't know. Really think about that, because you wouldn't get a lot of stuff, but you wouldn't get no, I mean, oh, man, no arguing for a year. Okay, I'm going to go no further on this, but to say this, which means I'm going to go further on this. You know, don't, let, don't be fooled. On one side of the country, we have a big, beautiful statue beckoning the homeless, the tempest-tossed masses to come into us. And on the other side of the country, we're building a wall to keep them out. Okay? Now, I'm not judging, which means I'm going to judge right now. I'm not judging. I just think that as the greatest country in the world, we're sending mixed signals. That's all. Okay, I'm not against it. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not smart enough. I'm not, there's no judgment here. There's no opinions today. It's just questions. So how do we fix these mixed signals our country's sending? How do we fix them? We can't fix them. They've already been sent. But we can fix our country one belief at a time, one signal at a time, by going back to basics. That's the title of this message, Back to Basics. In the late 1990s, there was a group of Houston Astros who were nicknamed the Killer Bees. Craig Biggio, Jeff Bagwell, Derek Bell. Any old dudes remember them? Before the Astros cheat? I'm cheating? Never mind. Okay. Well, they played critical positions, and they all hit great, and everybody knew them as the Killer Bees. In 1956, Killer Bees were accidentally introduced into the wilds of America. Not those three. Killer Bees. Brazilian scientists were attempting to create new hybrid bees in hopes of improving the honey production. They escaped and began to dominate our native honey uh, bee thing, and now we got killer bees. Today, we're going to go back to basics with the ultimate in killer bees. These bees just don't affect baseball or honey-eating, beekeeping world. These bees are life and death to every one of us. My research in this has cost tens of dollars, but it could save our country double that amount in one decade. See, that good. I mean, 20 bucks. Nobody laughed the first time. That was, it was not bad. Okay. My jokes will either make you laugh or not. There's no, there's no controversy here. There's none. Just stupid or not stupid. But it's not about all that money. It's about getting your thoughts right on these three subjects. The first one is belief. Not that you believe. Believing in itself is as easy as pie and everybody does it. No experience necessary, right? Give me a subject. Let me talk about it for a few minutes. Listen to somebody else squawk about it. I'll read and then I'll form an opinion. And then I'll make a belief. And that's not what I'm talking about. Those are not important. Killer B1 is not that you believe. But ultimately, more important, what you believe. Belief is important. What you believe is life or death. Killer B1, what you believe. Not about face masks or the origin of the virus or who should be the next president. Again, those are really just opinions we form living day to day, year to year. And they easily change with the input of more information. Or they change by the behavior of the one you put your faith in. There's a lot of ways to change those. No, no, no. I'm talking about what do you believe about life, death, God and the devil. Your core beliefs, your convictions, you. I was in a conversation with my plant manager one day and he tells me, you're doing, you're doing pretty good. I see you're all about God, people, and country. And that's obvious to me. And right there, if I wasn't such a great Christian, I would have been proud of myself. <laughs> I'm just joking with you. I'm not, I was very proud of myself because you don't know what I've been called before. 
you don't know what I've showed before. I see you're all about this. That's the first time somebody really made me feel good about what they were seeing in me. Not in my whole life, but by somebody like him, I was pretty, pretty, pretty impressed with myself. I'm just kidding. Actually, I'm not. I'm pretty proud of how humble I am. <laughs> okay. The definition of belief doesn't change. Jew or Gentile, rich or poor. A state of mind, that's what belief is, in which trust or confidence is placed in something or a person. It's considered to be true. That's when you believe. I have heard that if you don't stand for something, you'll fall for anything. That's a great saying. To me, it means that if you don't have a belief in something, something you can count on, then you're open to anything. Because you have no foundation, nothing to look back on to confirm the decisions you made is sound. That that was right, because it says it right there. In today's world, truth is not a requirement for belief. The only requirement for belief is belief. If I believe it, fairy tales, if I believe it enough, anything is possible. The current reality is if I want it enough, I'll believe it. Walt Disney said, when you believe in a thing, let me lower this a little bit here. When you believe in a thing, believe it all the way, implicitly, unquestioning. That's a true and inspiring statement with this added disclaimer. Make sure what you believe in is true. If you're going to believe it that implicitly, that blindly, it's a good way to believe, but make sure it's true. Get this, because if I have your head spinning now, shake them up a little bit, because this is what's dividing our world right now. Your intensity and devotion to what you believe in does not alter one bit the amount of truth that's in it. Okay? That's, that's a deep one. So I'm going to say it again, New King James. The amount you believe in something adds no truth. That really wasn't King James, but <laughs> never mind. Okay, not even concerning the things of God. Truth is truth whether you believe it or not. With or without you, truth remains truth. God doesn't need you to believe. He wants you to believe. And when I was doing the study, I did say, God wants you to believe, but not at all costs. And then I thought, but the truth is, God gave his son that you might believe. So God wants you to believe at all costs. Thank you, Jesus. Think about that for a minute. That's how bad he wants you to believe. I know the saying is to stand for something or fall for anything. But I'm going to tell you right now that if you're standing for the wrong thing, you've already fallen. That's the truth. And we're not just talking about, you know, God. We're talking about, like, you know, you make a right turn when you're supposed to make a left on a one-way street. <laughs> you've already fallen. Okay. We all want what we believe in to be true. Nothing different there. Every religion, every, deci- every discipline, every one of us. What are we to believe? Killer B1, the work of God is this, to believe in the one he sent. The one he sent. That old story again. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes. Everyone. Is that abs- it's a, that absolute? As many as received him, to him he gave the power to become the children of God, to them that believed on his name. That's it? That name of Jesus? Yeah. But he's got other names too. In Isaiah 9, 6, second half, his name was called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. But not Wonderful Counselor. Okay, I've heard this so many times. That's just wrong. There's a comma there. Wonderful Counselor. It goes without saying that if he's a counselor, he's a wonderful one. Right? We don't need that. So commas are important. If I say to you, you hungry? Let's eat, Grandma. And if I take out the comma, you hungry? Let's eat, Grandma. Right? You, you got to have the comma. You have to have the comma. So he's wonderful. Counselor. Mighty God. Don't take one of them away from him. We all know anything he does, he's wonderful. So don't forget the commas. Wonderful counselor. To review. 
Killer B1, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. He's asking you that. That's, that's just a, a request. The second killer B is the Bible. But wait a minute. To be clear, the Bible is only killer B number one if killer B number two... I'm sorry. The Bible is only killer B number two if killer B number one, which is belief, is Genesis 1-1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. If you believe that, then and only then will you be able to understand me as I continue, because I'm going to tell you about Jesus being with them before he died and all that stuff. And that's... The natural man does not receive those things of God. They're foolishness to him, nor can he know them because they're spiritually discerned. If you can accept in the beginning God, then let's take the next step. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God, and things were made through him, all things. And without him was nothing made that was made. There's not a lot of wiggle room there. Where was it made? Through him. Right? That, that, there's just not a lot of wiggle room. After reading those verses coming out of the same book, I don't know how you can believe in one and not the other. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. There's a plea there for us. Let's continue in the truth of God and reaching him only through Christ. 1 Corinthians 3.11 says, For no other foundation can anyone lay than that which is already laid, which is Jesus Christ. Ever notice how the truths I'm talking, they stack up so neatly on top of each other? Christ, God was here. Christ was with them. The word of God. And it stacks up for us nicely, not, not here and there. You're supposed to be able to build one truth on top of another. And when you're finally convinced, it becomes belief. Real belief, not opinion. The stuff that'll see you through stuff. If your core beliefs contradict each other and do not line up, even before you add yourself to the mix, then you, they need to be rethought. Because you're going to mess up most of your plans. So they better be good before you jump in. Right? If they're already got a bunch of weird stuff, you're not going to succeed. There is probably way too much you in your truth. Right? You are not needed for truth. You're just a participant. There's too many variables. The only variable I want in my life is me. And I know I'm variable. I need the, the absolute. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father except through me. Thank you, Lord. I need absolutes. No one comes through here. There's, I'm the man of loopholes, right? We're a world that loves loopholes. There's no wiggle room there. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. For he who comes to him must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder to those who diligently seek him. It's impossible to please him without believing that he is and also that you know that he'll reward you if you seek him. That, that there's, you can't take half that. Yeah, I know God's there, but he's a mean God. No, that's when you have faith in God. It's impossible to please him without believing he is and he loves you. Let's hold fast to that confession of our hope without wavering for he who was promised is faithful. Now, I could camp on this all day, but I'm not going to enough time, but that's what this whole thing is. Forget the Bible, forget everything. He who promised, he who said all this is faithful. So that's what makes it true. Okay? Because he is God, he is faithful. Because he is faithful, he gave us Jesus. Because we've been reading for centuries prophecies about somebody coming about Christ. If God wasn't faithful, maybe we're still waiting for that. But Jesus coming and he fulfilled all of those prophecies. What more proof do you need? That God's faithful. Because we are us, God gave us the Bible. He left it here. It could have been prophecies done, Bible burn up, takes it away. But we need that Bible every day to remind us. Like of this stuff right now. Hallelujah. Christ is risen from the grave. And for eternity, it's going to stay the same. 
Okay. For the word of, okay. There's, okay, God gave us the Bible. There's no hiding from it if you're serious in this walk. For the word of God is living and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit, joints and marrow, and it's a discerner of the thoughts and intents of your heart, what you had planned when you did your stuff. It might be very scary if everyone's thoughts and intentions were known. It might be. At times, it also might be very comforting to know that the thoughts and intentions of my wife are for my good. And that she hasn't been corrupted by investigation discovery. (laughs) Not yet. (laughs) Well, we have heard how America intended to start out. We've seen the Statue of Liberty. We've seen Declaration of Independence. They were and are clear in their beliefs. Are we clear in our beliefs? That's the key. We can have it written in a book. At work, we have a bunch of job descriptions. The first question when a guy gets hurt, did he know that job description? Right? You can have it written down a million times. If you haven't looked at it, it's no good. Didn't do any good. Does the Bible have something to say on the subject of human rights and equality? In the name of Jesus, I'm happy to say yay and amen. Acts 10 says, then peeper, peeper, Uh, he got busted no then Peter opened his mouth and said in truth I perceive that God shows no partiality but in every nation whoever fears him and works righteously is accepted by him accepted by God now declaration of independence now the Bible God and country our systems aren't bad any friend of God is a friend of mine you should have no problem being friends with anybody in this world any color any dissuasion any friend of God's got to be a friend of yours Acts 17, 26, God hath made of one blood all nations of men for to dwell on the face of the earth. Es muy claro. It's very clear. And if it isn't clear enough, Galatians 3, 28, there is neither Jew nor Greek, slave nor free, male nor female, and I'll add black nor white, rich nor poor. You are all one in Christ. Okay? So we've got the Declaration of Independence. We've got the Bible. I will say it again. Don't blame our systems. Our systems sound killer to me. I've heard a lot of calls for change. And I for one agree. Change has to happen. I just don't agree on what has to change. As far as the Bible. It doesn't have to be reinterpreted. It has to be reinstated as the truth. Not as our opinion as Christians. It doesn't have to be reevaluated. It needs to be rededicated as the true word of God. Not just to Christians. To the world. It does not have to be rewritten to meet people's needs. It needs to be reread and followed as is. And we would meet all the needs we're asking for right now. 2 Timothy 3.17 says, All scripture is given by inspiration of God, and it's profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction of righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. In other words, you got that Bible, you know how to do it. And if you're doing it out of that Bible, you need to rethink what you're doing. God gave us his word. He wants us to know it. He wants us to use it. He wants us to value it. That's part of it. That's his word. And it was with him at the beginning. To review, killer B1, belief, God, his son, Jesus Christ. That's our belief. Killer B number two, Bible, God's absolute word and our guide to get through all this stuff, including coronavirus, including the argument about face masks, whatever trivial thing we're, we're thinking is important right now. And now to preview, to preview killer B number three, it's behavior. Belief, Bible, behavior. John, James 1.22 tells us to be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving just yourself. Because you're not deceiving God, right? We're not deceiving God. Who's the easiest person for you to deceive? Yourself. 
You can commit your, I've, I've, when, when I was doing my old stuff, I'd come up with a story in my head and say, man, that sounds plausible. Then you go to the cop and you go, I'm not going to tell him that. He's not going to believe that for a second. Or we watch that investigative discovery. They tell the stupidest stories and you could tell they're like offended that you don't believe them. I was standing there, sir. My husband blew up. I, you know, no. Okay. Okay, let's talk about behavior now. If you're still with me, then remind me where are we at? No, I forgot. I'm just kidding. Led Zeppelin says there are only two paths you can go by. And I sure still hope there's time to change the road you're on. There's probably more than two paths, and there is. But you get the idea. Stay on or change your path. And I'm talking about Christians here, not heaven and hell. I'm talking about in the waiting. That was my last message. In the waiting for Jesus to come, there's paths to choose every day. Christians don't just choose the right ones every day, but they're open to us. Truly, Christianity is a Hallmark movie with a lot more detail. There are always a couple of ways to go, a couple of paths to take. You start out being selfish, but it's obvious you're a pretty good egg. And you take the whole movie to get out of the right path. During the commercial breaks that nobody sees, you may go through harassment in the workplace, discrimination. You may get sent to prison, coronavirus, lose a family member, something horrific. You know, life. But then it comes back on TV, and you only get through with the help of God, family, and friends. Things are usually messy till the end, and just when all seems lost, it always works out, if only Barry. Thank you, Jesus. Credits roll. And you turn on the next one and fall in love again, right? But that's truly, if you believe Christianity, that's exactly what it is, because the Bible says it always works out. Always works out? Do we believe that, really? Is that what I'm trying to say here? Always works out? And I'll tell you, I believe so. And killer bee number one was belief, right? That's the kind of belief you need to hold on to, that all things work together, whatever we say here. Okay, um, Romans 8, 28, you know it, all things work together for good, but here's what else I found in the Bible that makes me think, oh yeah, it's gonna work for us. 1 Corinthians 3, 11 through 15 says, for no other foundation can anyone lay than that which is laid, which is Christ Jesus. I'm repeating myself, I know, but this is the gospel message in 16 words. You've got to get square on that, right? Anything you build, you've got to build on Jesus. That's, that's the gospel message. Now, if anyone does build on this foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, straw, everyone's work will become clear, and the day will declare it because it will be revealed by fire. And the fire will test each one of our works what sort it was. If anyone's work that has been built on Jesus endures, he'll receive a reward. If anyone's work is burnt, he will suffer loss. But he himself will be saved, yet as through fire. So you're telling me there's a chance, right? That's what I'm telling you right now. And to be clear, I believe this message works, this message of works is done after receiving Jesus. If you read that, the Bible says everyone in this scenario is going to heaven. Some with rewards, some is by fire. So we're not talking to the, the unsaved. We're talking to Christians trying to do it right. And I think it means that the works done with gold, silver, precious stones, which is having God as your motivation will endure while the works done with hay wood straw having personal gain or self-gratification even if i'm here right now because i want you to think i'm cool i've got the wrong intentions if i'm here and i stumble and i ruin this whole thing but i meant to do it for god and that's all i can go home and cry about it he's gonna give me the two mites like the old lady good job buddy and i could be the perfect guy that i thought look at me how big and, and it didn't matter a bit to him he doesn't need me up here telling you his word No matter what, since you started to build... Oh, I'm sorry. 
Yeah, and they're going to be burned up. Your personal gain, your gratification is going to be burned up. But no matter what, since you started to build on the foundation, which is Jesus Christ, you're not allowed to fail. You're not allowed. Even though all your works get burned up, you get through on his work alone. And that's what we got to know. That's why we can keep moving. No matter how bad you mess up, that's, that's victory here. You may go to jail. You may lose your house, whatever. But you're assured. You're not allowed to fail. Because his work gets you to heaven. You might get a couple of rewards for being the good boy, but his work gets you to heaven. You don't get there on your own at all. So you're telling me there's a chance. And you know what? There's more than a chance because Romans 7 says, my brother, you have become dead to the law through the body of Christ that you may be married to another, to him who has raised Christ, no, to them who has raised from the dead that we should bear fruit to God. It's interesting. We are saved to bear fruit to God, not for you to go to heaven. Right? Not for me to, to you know, be, be a good witness. That's all symptoms. That's all what we're supposed to do. But God says right here, you were saved that we should bear fruit to God. What makes that interesting is that the Bible also says that when we were yet in the flesh, the sinful passions which aroused by the law were at work in our members to bear fruit to death. Bear fruit to God, bear fruit to death. So the message here seems very clear that we have a choice to make, a path to take, if you will. We already decided that we're going to be a Christian. But we're still going to bear fruit. Every one of us. That's, that's how he made us. We're going to bear fruit. What's the choice, even as a Christian? Are we going to bear the fruit of compassion, temperance, and understanding of our fellow man to God? Or will I bear the fruit of contention, legalities, my opinion to my death? Not spiritual death, but maybe the death of a relationship, my marriage. Maybe the death of these very ideals we're professing now. Right? We've got to make a choice, the right way to be compassionate. It's about other people. If you spend more time looking in the mirror than the window, you got a problem. What fruit will I bear? Which one? Or am I a hybrid? Somehow able to bear two types of fruit. Not many trees here to do that. And I would submit to you that's exactly what each and every one of us is. A hybrid. Born a sinner, but grafted in. Undergoing sanctifying change until the day of the Lord. You're going to have both fruit in your life. Just work on the one, right? And admit the other one. Take the other one to the Lord. For I know that in me dwells, that is in my flesh, nothing good dwells. For to will is present within me. And how to perform what is good I do not find. I want to do what's right. I don't know how most of the times. Me and my wife started talking about this lesson two days ago and got an argument over it. What? To will is present within me, but I didn't know how to do it. My delivery sucks sometimes. And I know that, right? That's, see? It sucks it's not written in here. If one minute away from the word and I write some, mm, to will is present within me. To know how, I don't find it. Right? And I, it's, it's in my mind. I'm going through wars in my mind sometimes. And I know I'm saved because I'm so confused. I was pretty clear before. I know what I want to do. And nobody's going to stop me. But I'm confused now. I'm not going to do that. I don't want to do that. Oh, wretched man that I am. Who will deliver me from the body of death? I thank God through Christ Jesus our Lord. So for the sake of time and the knowledge that every one of us has some wood, straw, and hay that's going to be burned up. Let's just move on. There's now no condemnation to those who are in Christ who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. No more condemnation. So should we just do whatever we want? We can. That's, nobody will tell you that in church. But you can. 
but I don't think you can if you truly are following Christ. He'll start talking, he'll confuse you. The things you wanted to do, all of a sudden you're still doing it, but you're wondering why. And then maybe a year later, you're not doing them. So there's no confusion there. There's no condemnation, there's confusion. And that's what Satan used at the beginning to get you there, confuse you, mix you up. If somebody doesn't know what gender they are, Satan has them confused, right? I'm not judging it, that's just a fact. Now, whether they change, I don't care. That's between them and God. But the one thing's clear, that person's confused because there is too much in the world to try to deal with not even knowing who you are, right? And again, that's what I have to deal with. No, that's what you're choosing to deal with because at some point, you just got to accept by faith what God said to you, right? And what he put there and just say, that's me. I don't feel that way, but that's me. Hmm, no more condemnation. Paul also has another request for every one of us. I beseech ye, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. That's his way of saying, it's the least you can do, you bums. Right? Please do this. It's the least you can do. It's your reasonable service. You want to go above and beyond. Right? The, 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 the man that gives tithe is doing what he is told to do. It's a beautiful thing to give tithe and support a church. But the Bible calls about love, tithes, and offerings. Right? Tithe is a demand. Offerings are love. Anyway. Okay. Do not be conformed to this world. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is the good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. And we have that chance right now. That's the behavior we're talking about here. Belief, Bible, and behavior. We have that chance. Let my behavior, let my attitude, let my actions prove what is the perfect will of God concerning face masks. Right? He's not going to give you an opinion on face masks. He's going to give you an opinion on how to deal with the person arguing with you. Concerning racism. Concerning differing opinions. Concerning political races. His perfect will is well known. We've read it twice. That we be kindly affectionate to one another. Not pushing our agenda with brotherly love and honor, giving preference to one another. You can still believe what you're not and not push that argument and still go and vote the way you want to vote. Or whatever you, you've got going on. Being patient in tribulations, continuing steadfast in prayer. Prayer. Let me sidebar right there and give a shout out to prayer. If it was called prayer, it would be my fourth killer B. But it's got a P on it, so they, it can't be. Never mind, guys. Okay. I'm trying to be steadfast in my prayer life. That's the most important thing you can do. Because most of my life, I've had kind of like a teabag type prayer life. Do you know what that is? Pretty much ineffective until I get in hot water, then it all comes out. Oh God, black tea, I got to have you help me. What I'm telling you right now, that's you too. Go to him now before you're in hot water. Get out of the hot water. And if he's in there, God's going to keep you from it or see you through it. You don't know which one. You just don't know which one. But I know that. He cash your cares on him for he cares for you no matter the situation. That's the behavior I'm talking about. Oh, no. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's the behavior I'm talking about. When you start acting on your beliefs, they become your behaviors. Not just your beliefs, your behaviors. Belief, Bible, behavior. The killer bees will see us through these crazy times and they've seen us through all times. I don't know how bad this thing's been for you. How many things have stacked up, building pressure. I can tell you that I've been there multiple times, as have most people in this room. A lot of pressure being a human being. <laughs> so I end with this thought. 
Romans 8.18, For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory that shall be revealed in us. It's worth it what we're trying to do. Our work is to believe on him who he sent because God has the rest. My work is to serve others because God has me. And I end it. Thank you very much for listening.